What you gonna do when Pan Am Mania runs wild on you, Canada? It's been an exciting couple of weeks in Toronto, as the metropolis has played host to the Pan Am Games, and while Canadians in all sports exceeded expectations, in particular, athletics yielded a large amount of hard-earned hardware and everything from the long jump to the race walk. On this week's episode of the Terminal Mile, I go through the archives and pull out bits and pieces of my favorite interviews with Canadian Pan Am athletes, including Cam Levins, Rob Watson, Natasha Wodak, and so many more. Don't go anywhere, you're listening to the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. The 1500 in Canada seems to be an event that is attracting all sorts of attention as of late, and for good reason. Taking a look at the women's side, there are probably about 8 women who are all within a shot of the top of the national rankings. Now of those women, it's Sasha Gaulish and Nicole Cifuentes who elected to take on the Pan Am Challenge. While the two obviously have their racing differences, one thing that they have in common is their amazing kicks. I got to chat with both of them about their kicks, Sasha first after her domination after CIs in March, and Nicole just a few weeks ago after Nationals. Uh, first of all, congratulations on all that hardware you picked up this past weekend. Uh, something I noticed watching your races, whether it be the 600 or the 3000, you seem to pack a really quick kick. Is that something that comes naturally to you? And perhaps how have you uh, honed it into what it is today? So uh, my kick. So I want to start by saying thanks actually for your coverage uh, by Tracky. Uh, of the meet this weekend, uh, it was. I've watched all the races now, and it was actually really interesting to hear your guys' feedback on my kick. So um, last summer, when I came back to track and field, I learned pretty quickly in races that if you want to be a contender, you've got to have a kick. And uh, as you know, Gabriella Stafford is one of my teammates, and I would say one of the has one of the best kicks out there. And she said, you know, she gave me great advice. She said it's part mental, part physical, and she said one day it'll just click and you'll want to go. And, you know, I think that happened at AO Cross Country Championships. I was about 300 meters out from the line with Rachel Hanna, and I was like, okay, legs, let's see what you got. The theme of Edmonton this year seemed to be big kicks. Uh, You showed that you have a pretty good one yourself. I think that's understating it. Uh, You know, has it been a priority for you, or is it something that comes naturally? Well, having a kick is definitely a priority. Um, I mean, that's what it, no matter if the race is fast or slow, um, a kick is what it takes to win medals and to win races. Um, it's a very important skill and definitely something that I work on. I wouldn't say that it always has come naturally to me. I do have some natural speed, but if I don't time the race correctly, then I don't always have a very strong last hundred. So, um, Yeah, definitely focused on trying to time things right so that I have a strong finish and definitely a priority always. On the men's side of the 1500, I had a chance to talk with the now silver medalist Nate Brennan back in January. We chatted about a wide variety of stuff, but one of my favorite parts of the episode is when he gave us a rapid fire glimpse into his life. The Terminal Mile presents Interval Sessions, 10 quick questions with 10 quick answers. Are you a music in sort of guy on long runs? I'm not. No, I'm. I'm really actually against music on long runs, only because I feel like you can't get fully into the long run if you're listening to music. I like to hear my footsteps, know where I'm at, understand my breathing. So maybe I'm too intense in that sense. But yeah, I, I don't really like music for, for especially long runs. What's your favorite shoe to train in? Uh, right now, I'm in the Cortana Saucony. All my shoes are Saucony. 
since I'm hence uh, being with them, but or Cortana or Kinvar, I should say. Uh, website you spend too much time on? Uh, probably Facebook, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> favorite runner of all time, past or present? Um, I, I can't say I have one favorite runner. There's runners I like to, to emulate or look up to. Obviously, growing up in Canada, Sully is, is a big runner that most runners should should want to be like. Um, so he, he's the, the guy I want to one day hopefully break some of his records, not because I want to take his name out of the books, but just because I feel like running the times he did puts you at, at another level. The race you're most proud of? Um, I, I probably have two, if I look back. Winning my first NCAA title, and then uh, second at the Commonwealth Games in 2006. Are you a dog person or a cat person? A uh, dog all the way. Favorite running movie? Without Limits. Favorite race distance? Uh, 1,500. Preferred career choice post-running? Probably coaching. I'd like to stay in the sport if I can. Favorite place to train? Um, probably Scottsdale, Arizona. Prior to an Achilles injury last month, Jess O'Connell was ruling the Canadian middle distance world, setting new PBs in the 5,000 and the 3,000. Now, unfortunately, an injury in the Achilles meant some missed training. However, Jessica did do us proud at the Pan Ams this past week in the 5,000. We caught up with her about a month ago where she chatted about some role models that she has. Now, kind of related to that, if you were to pick one Canadian runner who's influenced you a lot, who would it be? Mm, can I pick two? No, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Megan Metcalf and Melinda Elmore have both um, been training partners at different times in my life. Maybe not training partners, but Melinda was coached by Mike when I was in high school. And I ran with Megan when I was at West Virginia during my undergrad. And both of them were just such positive role models, like kind of big sister figures in that they had attained so much in the sport, yet were so humble and approachable. And it made me want to to be like them, basically. And so they, they were just really great, positive influences on my life and my training. Cam Levins is a man who needs no introduction other than very fast human being. Training with the Oregon Distance Project, Kim will be donning the Canadian singlet for the 5,000, and we have high hopes for him. Now, back in January, we chatted with Kim about running your own race, and here's what he had to say. You know, I found a really good quote of yours. Uh, no matter what happens, you should be able to walk away from a competition feeling a good, good about the effort that you put forward uh, without dwelling on what place you take. In my opinion, that's a really good attitude to bring forward. Perhaps you could elaborate further as to what you mean, maybe provide a little bit of context. Well, in some ways, I feel that that quote there is a good way to never allow yourself to be down about your races as long as you know you're putting forth the best effort you possibly can. I think it's a little easy to get down on your own race if somebody else has a great race and perhaps beats you or by focusing on what, what I said in this quote, I think it's a lot easier to focus on your own personal goals and not get caught up in what other people are achieving. And so for me, I think it's very important. I think for really any athlete, it's a very important thing to remember that uh, our, our sport is very much about achieving very personal goals. And just because someone else achieves something that you perceive as better than you have, it doesn't diminish anything that you do yourself. 3,000 meter steeplechase is an event that is a sport that not only requires a lot of physical strength, but also packs a large mental component as well. Matt Hughes, a Pan American gold medalist, is fully aware of that, and no doubt is why he decided to go with one of Canada's best coaches, Wingamit Trotsky. Just last week, 
Matt shedded some light on just what makes that pairing so special. You uh, mentioned him, but you train with the Wind Gmitrowski's group, a collection of hugely talented uh, athletes who have been tearing it up on the track in Canada. What is it that makes Wind's group so successful? Um, I think it's just his uh, attention to detail. Um, you know, he has uh, he's um, a physical therapist. That's his major background. And um, not only that, but uh, he's been in the coaching world for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I more or less made a, a leap of faith when I, I joined Wynn. And it's not really like I had a ton of other options. Um, you know, I was coming off a poor 2012. Um, I was injured a lot through January, February, March, and I was finishing off my degree at Louisville. Um, and uh, Wynn had been the head distance coach of the 2011 team that was in Daegu that I was on. Um, and, you know, I got to know Wynn on that trip. Um, so I reached out to him in the fall of 2012. And, you know, I wasn't carded at then. And I was kind of, you know, looking at just packing in and not running anymore and, you know, getting a full-time job or something like that. And, you know, I talked to Wynn and I said, you know, you know, these are my options, which weren't a lot at the time. And, you know, he kind of uh, extended his arm to me and just said, you know, we have a, a small group out here that trains in uh, Phoenix. And he was able to dig up a little bit of money through his, uh, his hub center out there in Victoria. And he was able to fly me down and, give me a little bit of per diem and I was able to kind of make ends meet for the first couple of months that I was in the group and I ended up hitting an A standard and uh, it all kind of went from there in, uh, in 2013 and uh, you know I owe a lot to win and uh, um, the training group is great and I think I'll go back to at the beginning I think it's just his attention to detail and knowing uh, athletes and everyone that's in the group you know we we do workouts together but a lot of it is you know him looking at the larger picture and uh, everyone having kind of specific goals and minds and checkpoints throughout the year that you need to hit and uh, you know there's no rushing with win I'm, I feel like uh, his big thing is that you know he wants you to have a, a big long training block before you race there's no kind of this like racing to get in shape um, I know with win that I'll always be prepared when I tow the line and uh, I have a great deal of confidence in him and his approach to my training. Natasha Wodak has been wowing everyone this spring with super fast times on the track and on the road, breaking a Canadian record along the way. Natasha represented us in the 10,000 of the Canadians and here's her talking about racing a range of distances. You know, taking a look at this spring, you've raced everything from an eight kilometer road race to cross country and even a few half marathons as well. Uh, while many specialize in one distance, you seem to thrive in many different events. Uh, what's your reasoning for racing so many different distances? Um, you know what, <laughs> considering, uh, some of my past years, I think I've narrowed it down quite a bit <laughs> because in 2013, I ran everything from a 1500 meter, 3000 steeplechase to a marathon. So, um, I've definitely narrowed it. And I think my main focus is, is, is the 10 K, but in order to run well at a 10K, you have to have the strength from a half marathon and the speed from a 5 or an 8K. So I think that that's what I've been doing this season. And I absolutely love cross country. So um, I went to world cross country champs at, because I love the sport. And it's a world championship event. And anytime I get the opportunity to represent Canada, I'm going to be there. So, uh, And also, I, I believe it makes you such a strong runner. And it's great. I mean, look at Fiona Benson. She was on the team with me and she just ran 201. So... Cross country is the kind of sport that we can all do and and gain from it in whatever 
event we choose to do later on in the season. So with that being said, what would you say that your preferred uh, race is? Would it be the cross country or would it be the 10,000? Um, definitely the 10K. 10K on the road is my favorite event. Like if I had a choice of what I wanted to do, uh, 10,000 meter on the track, you know, 25 laps. It's hard to say that that's, you know, going to be my favorite because that's a lot of laps. But yeah, that's definitely, you know, half marathons are good too, but I'm definitely going to say 10K on the road. Pan Am 20 kilometer race walk gold medalist Evan Dunphy is passionate about his sport and keeping it clean. So it comes as no surprise that when we talked to him, both topics came up. Here he is talking about his plans for this season. You know, let's let's talk about some of the positive stuff. Uh, as mentioned previously, you're doing some altitude training in Switzerland right now. Uh, talk to me about your season coming up. How's the training been going and uh, what goals do you have for this year? Yeah, season's been, season's been going all right. Uh, I had a fourth place finish at our Pan Am Race Walk Cup uh, back in May, which was basically all of the guys that I'll be facing off against at Pan Am Games. Um, and probably more because you can take four per country in this one and you can only take two per country for Pan Am Games. So it shows that I'm sort of right there fighting for that podium. So that's that's exciting. And uh, yeah, in Switzerland now, getting three weeks of solid training in before coming back to Nationals. And then so racing Nationals and then we're racing the NTL in Edmonton the next week as our final tune-up for, uh, for Pan Ams. And then, yeah, just going into Pan Ams, trying to get on that podium. It's going to be a hot, humid awful race so i'm looking forward to it and from there uh getting ready for worlds um so i'll be racing the 20k at pan ams and then a month later at worlds i'll contest both the 20k and the 50k rachel hannah is a registered dietitian by day and a distance runner in her other life rachel also laid down a killer effort in the marathon just last week placing fourth and only her second marathon ever here she is talking about her day job as a registered dietitian as mentioned earlier, you work as a registered dietitian. How do you balance both training as well as working in your profession? Um, that's right, and, and I'm quite fortunate uh, to be in a profession where, um, you know, I'm encouraging uh, balance and healthy eating. It falls in line, uh, you know, with training too. I talk to people on a daily basis about the importance of physical activity, and I think it helps motivate me too, talking about it every day. Um, I'm in a really positive environment right now. Um, some days, you know, it is a challenge. I think, um, you know, sometimes recovery time, maybe not sleeping as much uh, as I would like or getting up early, but it is possible, you know, you just make it happen. I get up at, you know, 5.30 to do my easy runs, and um, it is possible to balance both. But uh, it does take a lot of planning ahead and uh, focus and just overall motivation level. So, But if you love something enough, you know, you'll make it work. You kind of touched on this earlier, but uh, as someone who works with nutrition, do you find that parts of your work has crossed over into your training? And uh, if so, do you think that has given you a bit of an edge over your competition? Absolutely. Um, you know, I believe in obviously food as fuel and, uh, you know, eating well, you notice a direct correlation in your energy levels and performance. Um, you know, when I started uh, in university, I was uh, actually studying psychology and then I switched over to uh, nutrition. As soon as I made that transition, I noticed my time started to improve. It's hard to say if that was the direct uh, relationship, but um, now, you know, I've just learned so much about uh, eating well, you know, nutritioning throughout my day. Um, having the right uh, fuel before my workouts and afterwards. Um, and also, you know, this trip it really taught me, too, the importance of um, traveling with um, a lot of snacks and meals ahead of time just to make sure you're comfortable, you're eating your regular food, so that you arrive on race day and you're not experiencing 
um, any discomfort or digestion issues, you can just, you know, go in with a clear mind and focus and feel really good and energized. And cause you never know when you're traveling, what's going to be available. So, um, by all means, it helps me every single day to be able to feel you know, energetic and, and compete at my best. By this point, if you don't know about Rob Watson, you probably don't follow the sport. Well, Rob is one heck of a marathoner and full of character. One of my favorite sound bites of from him is him talking about why we run. I'm really glad that you brought up uh, the road racing, and I really love the positive spin on uh, on one of your latest blog posts, which you can find at leblogderobde.com, uh, about finding your motivation in the soul of running. You know, I really think that uh, what you described there, we could all use a little bit of that. Could you maybe expand uh, and, uh, you know, illuminate uh, the audience on, on what you're feeling uh, when you describe that? Yeah, thanks for that compliment. That was very nice. Yeah, I think I, when I just talk about the soul of running, I think it just goes back to the reason why I personally got into running in the first place. I didn't get into running to, you know, try to, you know, get all these accolades and all this. I got into running because it's simply just a beautiful thing. It's a natural thing. It's about pushing your own limits, getting the most out of yourself. Um, it's very, you got to take your own responsibility when you're running and get your, and everyone finds joy in it in their own way. And it's about keeping that, you know, close to your heart and keeping those reasons of why you're running. And obviously the sport is, it's at the high levels. The business side of things are terribly corrupt. It's dirty, but that's not why, that's not why we run. We don't run for that. We run because we get that pure, simple, beautiful joy from the actual act of running. And that's, that's what it's, what it's all about when it comes down to it. That's why we run. We don't run for any of that other BS. Mm-hmm. My final soundbite may not be from a Pan Am athlete, but he's important all the same. Athletics Canada's head coach is Peter Erickson. You can hear the optimism in his voice just dripping in this sound clip. And now, it's pretty clear why. Take a listen. Before I let you go with all this bad news, do you have any good news to pass along uh, about the Athletics Canada team? Anything to really look forward to in 2015? I have only good news. (laughs) Ah, that's fantastic. I think it's a really good focused team that we have. I think... uh, you see uh, a lot of athletes stepping up, even last year when we didn't have a major event as we will have in 2015, 2016. We still had five Canadian records. We have four uh, top five ranked athletes. And, and it's a lot of athletes coming up uh, the ranks, the younger athletes. So I think you're going to see more and better performances. And I really look forward to our trials that we have at the National Championship in Edmonton this year because that would be the trials both for the Pan Ams and uh, the World Championship at the same time. So I think you're going to see a well-prepared team. I mean, we stepped up uh, the expectations for the athletes so they know that this is about performance, being in top eight. And, you know, that's really what we're funded for from uh, on the podium as well, right? So I think it's all good news as far as I'm concerned. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Thanks a lot for listening. It's been a lot of fun watching the Pan Am Games and seeing all of our great athletes perform. Thanks to all who have supported the show, and thanks to Tracky for their ongoing support. Thanks again to you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at The Terminal Mile. This has been The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Mm-hmm.